Oh, hold on. Let me. I gotta get my cute little reindeer ears on. Look how cute they are. Those are so cute. I got them at Walgreens Ah, three years ago. really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I love them so much. That's cute. Um, but I was just thinking about it because I was Uh like, or I was playing Christmas music a second ago. And huh. do you remember, or like, okay, when you Yeah. think Mm -hmm. about our childhood Christmas time, what music do you think of? Um, I think of Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> Rosie and O'Donnell's Christmas CD. yeah, and I think of like like Leanne Rhymes. Doesn't she have like an album or something? Or Yeah, it was like Leanne there was like a Christmas. Rhymes. There was We like had a country Christmas. we had Mariah Carey as well. Yeah. And then we had Rosie O'Donnell, which is like the weirdest like mixture. And I then know. I remember like going to school and the first time I've ever cried during a Christmas song was Christmas Shoes. I forgot about that song. Yeah, and oh, it like I listened to it the other day. I started bawling. I mean, I'm almost on my period. Like, sorry people who listen, but like I was just bawling because so I was like, <laughs> Yeah, it's that so one touches, especially now that you're a mom. I'm sure that one oh, touches it's a little differently. so different. But I, I mean, I used to cry as a kid too, but Yeah. like, like the first time I heard it, really more than anything. But I listened to it for the first time in years the other day, and I was Mm like, hmm. oh my god, Mm hmm. yeah. That was a very emotional song. That one and Mary, did you know? Mm -hmm. <sighs> oh that's such a good song That is a good it song. gets you right in the heart Well, I love Merry it Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas Oh my gosh, I don't know who's going to actually listen to us on Christmas Day. So this might, you might actually listen to this like a few days after, you probably know, because. I hope you do because murdering <laughs> ghosts <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless you're really bored on Christmas and you're just like, hmm, I need something to fill the silence other than Christmas music. And this is what you choose. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it does for you what you need it to do. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy yes. Hanukkah to our Jewish listeners. That ends tomorrow. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any New Year's plans, April? Word on the street is Josh is hosting a poker night for Oh, the yeah. guys. And then I'm having the girls over, I think. Oh, Like, cool. the girls are going to do something and the guys are going to be playing poker. Yeah, so that's all I've got going. And hopefully you have the same plans I do, but... Yeah, we'll see. I've, I don't have any plans at all. Well, if if it goes to plan is from <laughs> what I'm hearing, then you will have plans. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. That's so cool. just Okay. keep it in the back of your mind that that's a possibility, but it's also one of those things where it could fall apart in a second. Mm. Yeah, may or may not happen. Well, you know, sledding was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope you liked my reels because I had so much Yeah. fun putting them together. Those are cute, and I like the music that you chose. I, th <laughs> I thought it was fitting and like, but it sucks because mom can't see it because she doesn't have Instagram and like, like I can't share it with her for some reason. Mm. Yeah, what's up with her in, in social media? She's like, doesn't have an Instagram, doesn't have a TikTok. It's like, mom, how are we going to communicate with you? I know. No one used <laughs> Facebook anymore. or You texting. dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, No, because but. I, I did save it to my phone, 
but like it won't save with the music so maybe I'll like try to put it on put it together for her and put it on Facebook instead of anyway yeah there's but gotta be a way to do that somehow. it was so fun I do love that our parents are willing to go down the hill at least once mm-hmm. like mom and dad went down the, mm-hmm. like on the sleds and I was scared dad was gonna break but yeah I thought it's fun that they're so willing to like do stuff like that yeah, yeah so like well this cool. might hurt and I might I might regret it <laughs> yeah but Let's At least we're it. making memories. It really makes me want to go out and buy like a bunch of sleds and just like pray for snow because it was, like my kids had the funnest time. My kids were so sad we were leaving and we had already yeah, been out too. there for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, we're done. Everyone's yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, I yeah. hope your belly's full of ham and potatoes and other Christmas treats. Do you people eat their gingerbread houses? I don't know, but now's the time. <laughs> yeah. I eat mine like as soon as it's made. I don't let it sit. Yeah, I don't know. I've never made a gingerbread house and ate it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have. I We usually like like make it and then like we're like, oh, look how awesome. Take pictures and then instantly like pulling off start, of it. Start eating stuff from it. Yeah. And That's then it fun. stays out for a couple days and we just like break off a piece and like, yeah, you dunk that in milk. It's delicious. Huh. Well, yeah. A snack that lasts. <laughs> like <it>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> might be listening to this and being like, that's not, you shouldn't do that. Like, it's <laughs> not good to eat. Oh, well. Hey, uh, if you haven't died from it, don't change what's not broke, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep my wheels greased. So. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 35 um we have quite the episode today uh we're gonna switch things up on you guys just for funsies and you never saw it coming we're actually not hosting this episode someone else (laughs) i'm just kidding santa is santa Santa is here to (laughs) share a true crime story (laughs) all right well let's uh Oh yeah, what what's changing this episode, Katie? I derailed oh. that announcement. <laughs> we didn't even tell people. Wow, it's actually okay. Santa. <laughs> uh, okay, um, <coughs> we are. I am gonna go first. Whoa! <laughs> I'm gonna tell my story first this time, you guys, just for just to see, just to see how it feels, get the yeah. vibe. We'll see. How it goes. Don't mess it yeah. up. Going I'm first a little is a, nervous. Going first is a privilege. Is it? No, it sucks. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, if you want, you can you can do it. <laughs> no, I was just saying you better not screw uh, it up or you can't do it again. Oh hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how bad do I want to do? Yeah, like how how can I screw this up? Okay, well, let me get my notes out. I guess that's the first step. I got to tell you something really quick. Okay, I got to tell you something too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, in my neighborhood, there is a Christmas blow-up decor slasher running amok. Are you serious? <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> I mean, that's like really awful, but like, <laughs> wow. 
It's like on brand for our true crime, but oh. a slasher, inflatable yeah. slasher, <laughs> inflatable slasher. All right, well, let's, let's start this episode. <laughs> okay. All right. So, my story this time involves true crime and ghosts. It's Whoa. Both. I know. Let's hear it. Okay. I'm covering Liberty Park. Oh my gosh, all the crimes there. <laughs> yeah, have you heard have you heard about Liberty Park being haunted though? No. Yeah, me me either until like a month ago, like around Halloween time, like when all the spooky stories were circulating, uh-huh. circulating. I saw that Liberty Park showed up in somebody's like on Facebook or something. And I'm like, no way. That's cool. And then while researching it, I also came across a couple like true crime stories that I'm like, well, I can't go without mentioning these. So I'm excited. Yeah. I bet it's freaking nuts. Yeah. Okay. So let's first talk about the history uh it's in salt lake city utah and it's one of the oldest and it's the second largest park in salt lake city uh way back in 1850s the or back in the 1850s the the liberty park area used to be a grist mill and a farm it was known as the isaac chase mill and it's still standing today it's located on the southern end of the park next to the Tracy Aviary. The Isaac Chase Mill was built by a guy named Isaac Chase in 1852, right? Okay. He was one of the pioneers who made the trek west in, in 1847. When he arrived in the valley, he built one of the first grist mills, and now it's the oldest commercial building still standing in Utah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'll add that the mill was designed by a guy named William Weeks, but it was built by Isaac Chase. Oh, okay. Um, Back in 1856, there was a famine and the Chase Mill and farm gained like brownie points for giving free flour away to people that needed it Uh um, because of the famine. Let me send you, I'm going to send you a picture of what it looks like just so you can have a visual. Oh, nice. Kind of looks like a church. Yeah, kind of. Like, it has, like, that, like, pointy that top. shape. Yeah, the shape looks like a church to me. One more. Though it does kind of remind me of the Lehigh Mill that's just down the street. Oh, yeah? A little bit. Not exactly. But, yeah, the shape of it looks like a church. Like, it's just missing the cross at the top. You'll notice that on the side, on one of the pictures on the side of the building, it has the initials BY on it. Mm-hmm. Brigham Young. And that's, yeah, that stands for Brigham Young. <laughs> um, in 1859, Brigham Young purchased the farm from Isaac Chase. After Brigham Young purchased the farm, uh, he had various trees planted around the acre, or the, around the acre. He had various trees planted around the 110 acre, acre woods. farm. <laughs> yeah, the 100 <laughs> acre woods. <laughs> they planted like trees like cottonwood trees and mulberry trees things like that um so it became the hundred acre wood yes it became (laughs) exactly um when brigham young died it was revealed that in his will he wanted the land to be sold to the city at the lowest price so that it could be turned into a park that everyone could come and enjoy and i read that brigham young was trying to make like his whole vision for the park was like to mimic New York Central Park, you know, like where there's like 
trails to walk and like trees okay. everywhere, shady yeah. trees and stuff like that. Like that was his vision. Okay. Um, so he sold it to the city in hopes that it could be used for that. Okay. On April 20th of 1881, Salt Lake City purchased the property, which included the Isaac Chase Mill, and opened the land to the public for leisure and relaxation. Mm. Also in 1881, a guy named Joseph Don Carlos Young, who appeared to be, or who appeared, who happened to be Utah's first academically trained architect, as well as one of Brigham Young's sons, entered into a competition for the park's landscape design, mm. and he won. So, so not he only did, did appear play... to be as well. <laughs> he did appear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it appeared that way. <laughs> um, not only did they use his design, but he also won $100. So, nice. I didn't. I didn't do the calculation of what that would be today, but it was probably like two hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> two hundred. Mm. I don't know. Rolling yeah. in the dough. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't rich already, so if you're like a descendant of Brigham Young, don't you think that there's like money everywhere in those pockets? Yeah, they're just swimming in it. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. They just have like, what's the Scrooge McDuck? How he has a whole room full of coins and money and they just swim in it i haven't seen that in forever but like i see that in my head yeah what you're like huey dewey and like Louis. that yes yeah. that's what he would be that's that would be brigham young in his wealth <laughs> so by the 1920s the park was well established with shade trees flowers a lake playgrounds tennis courts and even a zoo wow the zoo the zoo eventually moved to its current location and became the Hokel Zoo in 1931. Cool. I didn't know it used to be at Liberty Park. That's interesting. Yeah. Right? Uh, while the zoo was at Liberty Park, the Tracy Aviary was built, which is still there and operating. Mm-hmm. The, the aviary is located on about eight, eight acres of land within the park. And it's been open to the public since 1938. And over time, it's collected around 135 different species of birds. And many of those different species of birds are part of a program of, or at the aviary, aviary called Species Survival Plan, which is a breeding program for certain species with low populations. Nice. That's all if I understood the website correctly. <laughs> well, so. If you're making yeah. it up, we wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly, unless you look it up yourself. <laughs> right. Um, it's now considered the largest and oldest freestanding aviary in the United States. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Have you ever been to the Tracy Aviary? Mm-mm. Never. Have you ever seen it? Like, do you know what it even is or looks like? Nope. Me either, actually. <laughs> never been, never seen. Don't Me know either. if it's real, so you could just be making it up. <laughs> Like, I really think I've only even heard about it, like, on the radio. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, come on, Tracy Aviary for a free donut or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. But every time you say aviary, I think it's, like, I think of the aviator glasses. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, is it planes? It's not planes. No, it's, it's birds. birds. <laughs> but I know. I know. But my thought always goes to. I see. I see. Planes. Well, I have information for anybody who's wanting to go check it out because it actually seems pretty dope. Do they have um, penguins? 
No penguins. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But at this time of year, maybe the penguins from the zoo go there during this time of year to be taken care of. And for breeding, I'm making this up. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know. if We don't have penguins. Yes, we do. For sure. Because they just barely updated it. Like, remember by the polar bears? Like, you walk past. It's right before the grizzly bear. That's where the otters are. On the left? On the the right? The the left of the polar bears. Like, in between the polar bears and the grizzly bears? Yeah. Otters. Sure, but before you even get to the polar bears, and you're like, Those are sea lions. And penguins, I think. No. I swear we have penguins. I will bet a money. I'm looking this up right now. I bet you $5. I will literally send you $5 right now. If we have penguins. Hold on. The Penguin Cove. Hogo Zoo. Hold on. This is Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's correct. Go to the Hogo Zoo website. Mm, the Hogo Zoo website. You're right. That's the best <laughs> way to get the information. <laughs> yeah. So the Rocky Shores have eagles, grizzly bears, seals, polar bears, otters, sea lion. No penguins. <laughs> you know what, though? They used to. They at least used to since at least the last time I was there. I can send you pictures that I'm finding. Hold on. I want to make sure. I've been there a lot in the last couple of years and I have not seen. It really says on, on Wikipedia, it says the Penguin Cove. Hogo Zoo had 14 penguins. Hardy, Gia, Puff, Rocky, Bluebird, Black, Blackbird, Whitebird, Greenbird, Newton, Dancer, Scrappy, and Sooty, Flap, and Shaker. So many cute names for penguins. And that used to be in the... They've moved around. It used to be in the Elephant Encounter, then the Asian Highlands, and then the Rocky Shores, and the African Savannah. They also don't have a hippo. Really? Yeah, they have rhinos. That is so crazy. I wonder, like, what like what allows them to have certain animals, or, like, why they don't have certain ones, you know? I don't know. I wonder if it's because of our hot um, summers. Mm, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. Anyway. Okay. Well, anyway. No penguins. No penguins. So, if anyone's interested in checking it out, I highly highly suggest visiting their website and clicking on the events tab and see you can see what's coming up. Right now, during the holiday season, they have a Christmas light display. They call mm-hmm. it the Light Walk event, and it goes until January 1st. Oh, cute. Um, yeah, and then throughout the year they hold classes and events and even ho- and even host field trips. And I saw on their website that they do summer camps for kids. And there's one class that I looked at that looked kind of interesting and looks like they do it often like every couple of weeks. And it's called Wine Takes Flight and it's a one and a half hour long class. And on their website it says join us each month for a fun Evening of Wine Education, hosted by Jim Santangelo. Uh, how do you say his name? Jim Santangelo? Sure. San- sure. Okay. Uh, he's the owner and the sommelier of the Wine Academy of Utah. Oh. And is brought to you in partnership with the Eat Drink Salt Lake City. That would be kind of fun to do. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So I think... 
if anybody wants to try that, you should, and then let us know, or we'll try it and let you know. <laughs> yeah. How much is it? Does it say? Oh, I didn't even look. You can like click on there's like buy tickets now but i didn't click on it you're like i'm not buying tickets <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think to i was like, just like i'm it just is, looking up information it is christmas time there's no buying tickets for anything right now <laughs> right exactly so now liberty park is listed on the national register of historic places and it's still standing and it's still standing sorry i read that weird national so Liberty Park is listed on the National Register of Historic Places and still standing are the Isaac Chase Mill as well as the Tracy Aviary and are they are also listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Sweet. The park today has playgrounds, picnic areas, restrooms, large grassy areas with shade trees and shrubs. It also has horseshoe pits, basketball, volleyball, tennis, bocce ball courts. It has a mile and a half wood chip jogging path and a 1.4 mile paved jogging path oh my gosh and every sunday uh during the spring summer and fall large groups gather around the park for drum circles that last all day oh i love drums (laughs) i love yeah the jam sessions like drum line and freaking high school literally i could spend all day listening to that and like watching mm-hmm. it because i'm so intrigued by it how they can move it so fast you know one move the sticks I have zero rhythm so it's it is magical to me also <laughs> like the fact that they can just make it sound like it makes your heart pump more yeah i feel like you know like you yeah. can feel it in your chest when they're like drumming and it's just like uh-huh. super loud oh i love it yeah drums 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 <laughs> well they do it every sunday so i guess we'll see april there <laughs> and I'm just, just being like, like drums <laughs> i'm just like yeah <laughs> like animal <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah people just come to these these drum circles and they bring their mu- musical instruments their pets and they just jam together in the park and make music and dance so if you're interested in that during the summer they also turn on a water fountain that kids can play in so kind of like a splash pad type deal oh cool um sadly a a lot of the park's trees were destroyed by a windstorm in 2020 because 2020 ruined everything Everything. (laughs) literally everything and uh yeah so now that we have a good picture of what the park used to be and what it is now not only did i did a like like i said not only did i do a paranormal story but i also stumbled across a couple true crime stories at this location so do you remember when i told you about liberty park having a lake no okay i briefly (laughs) mentioned it it does it still have a lake it's more of a pond now. Oh. Is what people are saying. But like the salt lake is now kind of like a salt pond. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they call this Liberty Park Lake. So it's like green. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure it's nasty. Don't swim in it. Um, it's full of freaking duck poo. Yeah. So let me tell you about a story that involves this lake. 
So it was a few days after Halloween in the year 1920. A 13-year-old boy named Truman Pratt was playing with his toy sailboat at the southern end of Liberty Park Lake. While he was playing, he saw about 15 feet from him what looked like a Halloween mask floating in the water. He grabbed a stick and he grabbed some wire that he found and he made a tool that he could use to, you know, hook the mask and pull it towards him so he can get a good look at it. What a little creative kid. I know. So he made this little tool. He hooked it onto this mask and he pulled it closer only to find that it was the face of a dead woman. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) That poor kid is traumatized. Right. The local newspaper quoted the little boy saying, quote, the hook caught in what I thought was a mask. I started to pull it in. I started to pull it ashore. It was unusually heavy, I thought, for a mask. So I was careful not to break my hold of it. When I got the object close to the shore and saw that a body was attached, I gave a scream. What year was this? 1920. Yeah. He does not talk like a normal child. <laughs> no. I gave a scream. No. Yep. So Did you give after- it to? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. The heavens. <laughs> um, after he found the body, he ran and told the park superintendent, Cindy R. Lamborn. She contacted the Salt Lake City police. The police identified the police identified the person as 40-year-old Francis Koros or Kraus. But people called her Frey. She was born in Iowa, and in 1906, she gradu- graduated from St. Mark's Nursing School. She served in the U.S. Navy as a nurse during World War I, and in 1920, she moved to Salt Lake City after she was discharged from the Navy. She moved here to live with her brother, Yaro, and her sister, Rose. And fun fact, she worked really closely with the Utah, or sorry, with the Salt Lake Health Department um, when it was first established. So she had a lot of, she put a lot of work into that. Yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. The last time anyone had seen her alive was the night of Sunday, October 17th of 1920. What we know is that that night that she went missing, she attended the Methodist church, then afterwards went and had dinner with her brother and his family. After dinner, her brother recalls escorting her out to a streetcar to take her home, but she never made it. Her family Mm -hmm. became extremely concerned and began forming search parties and filed a missing persons report. The police conducted their own search parties as well, but no one could find her. She just disappeared. (sighs) After a few weeks, on November 6th of 1920, her body was found in Liberty Park Lake with a white cloth tightly wrapped around her neck. She was found wearing the same outfit with all of her jewelry still intact. And they discovered that her watch was was stopped at the time 2.34. Frey's family denied any possibility of suicide. The coroner determined that she was killed before she was in the lake because neither her lungs or her stomach were filled with water. Sadly, this this case has never been solved. And over time, mm -hmm, people have speculated that she was maybe hit by a car And then the person who did it freaked out and then dragged her body into the lake. However, investigators determined that this is an intentional homicide based on how tightly the knots were tied around her neck, as well as the suspicious location that she was found in. 
One other detail is that the cloth that was found around her neck came from woman's underwear, but it didn't come from her underwear. Because she was still wearing hers? Yeah. Um, Her Mm. body didn't test positive for any poisons. Her stomach was empty other than a red liquid that the coroner believed to be cheap candy, which her brother later recalled that she had given candy to her nephews the night that she went missing. Mm. Also, rigor mortis had set in, indicating that she died in a sitting position. For a time, her brother Yarrow was a suspect because it was believed that her stomach had been empty for some time before she died, and that it's possible that he lied about getting her into a streetcar. And since, uh, sorry, into a streetcar, since he was the last person that saw her alive. So, like, the driver never came forward and said, oh, yeah, I came and dropped her off. So it could be a driver, obviously, but they're also like, or she never even got into a streetcar, you know, and maybe something happened to her. It's usually um, the people closest to you. Exactly. But he was eventually released as a suspect because they just didn't have enough to charge him with. Yeah, so, they didn't have proof. Thing. Nothing. Yep. Um, one strange detail is that the park's ground ground keepers had been around the lake several times during the weeks that she had been missing and hadn't seen anything suspicious. Please say that body... Bodies typically rise to the surface within 10 days after it has entered the water. But Frey's body wasn't detected until three weeks after her disappearance. Mm. So it raises questions like, how long was she in the water? Was she held captive before being murdered? And was her bod- body, or was her body hidden somewhere and then moved to the lake? Oh, right. <sighs> we just don't know. Yeah. And the, like, abilities and technology back then were not as good as they are now. Exactly. So they only had so much they could do. Yep. So I do have another very short true crime story. Okay. Um, But this one comes out of Liberty Park, and it's back, it's from back on August 20th of 1980, when a white supremacist named John Paul Franklin came to Utah to, quote, do something about the race mix race mixing at Liberty Park. Uh, excuse you? Yeah. So I'm not going to share all the details about this story because when I, I was going to, but there's so much. So I'm like, oh. let me just like give you guys like a preview. And then if you want to cover the story, mm. you can. So I'm only sharing a little bit, like a okay. summarization. So okay. that way it leaves this open for you to do if you wanted to do it. Okay. Um, But the story goes that serial killer Joseph Franklin, um, just a little bit about him, is that he was baptized in the LDS church and was very outspoken about his hatred towards Black Americans. And apparently he hated them so much that when the LDS church came forward and said, actually, they can hold the priesthood and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. he left the church because of that. Oh, wow. And I think this happened shortly after. Um, so he showed up to Liberty Park and saw a black 18-year-old named David Martin and 20-year-old Ted Fields with two of their white female friends, and then he just fatally shot them. And you know, he went to trial and everything, and he ended up getting the death penalty. Yeah, so that's that's the summarization of that story. 
I was reading and like people that had commented on my post on Facebook, like a lot, a lot of deaths have happened at Liberty Park. Yeah. Murders, suicides, overdoses, you name it. Like there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot at Liberty Park. So it's probably filled with some negative energy for sure. I mean, but probably Central Park in New York City, too. So that part. That's true. Might actually be what Brigham Young. I mean, not what he wanted, but like, yeah, what he envisioned is probably accurate. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, sorry, but it's maybe not the best um, mirror, but Mm -hmm. close. Uh, Yeah, that's all the crime and all the true, true crime that I found that was like super significant at Liberty Park. Um, But like I said, there have been a lot of tragic deaths there. Yeah. Um, they just didn't get a lot of stories behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, on to the ghosts. So, a lot of my information for this next part is from a post that I made on the Utah Haunted History Facebook page. So, if you're a listener who shared their story or experience on that post, thank you. Because I think that some people might listen from there. Oh. I think. Okay. Because um, sometimes I mention, like, oh, yeah, you know, this is my podcast, so listen if you want um so if you're one of those people hello uh so a commenter named jennifer w said that she remembers hearing about murders of david and ted at liberty park and those are the two uh black kids okay so she remembers that story and she said that a few years after it happened she was driving by late at night and when she stopped at a light she suddenly felt like an overwhelming feeling of dread then she said Uh she saw shadow figures running past her car and she's mentioned that she had forgotten like totally forgotten about that experience until she saw my post a couple weeks ago and she's like oh yeah like this happened like right after that so that was interesting interesting Um, some of the commenters said that they some commenters said that they live near the park and they all agree that it's definitely haunted or at least it's really really creepy at night yeah um in the bathrooms where a lot of the suicides and overdoses have taken place over the years some people have experienced the feeling of their hair or their clothing being pulled or yanked on oh geez yeah a commenter on facebook named kalista w so that she had her hair pulled in one of the bathrooms at Liberty Park. And when she left the bathroom, she had multiple hand pr- bruises on her arms and on her legs. Whoa, that's scary. I think that would be something leaving a mark on your body. I don't know what, I don't know. That's, that's just, just so hateful, you know? Yeah, and it's just like something, like, because that could mean it attached to you or, you oh, know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah yeah like what if that's how oh that would be scary what's that show isn't there a movie where like some kind of entity grabs onto somebody and it's like their mark and so like they're being followed is that game of thrones like was somebody touched by the night king and then all of a sudden he's like able to find them was that what i'm thinking of or is it something else I, mean, anyway. I just think paranormal activity because they had handprints on them and scratches and yeah. stuff. That's so creepy. Yeah. Um, another commenter named Cassandra A 
so that her friend captured a video of the swing sets moving on their own a few years ago. I've seen that before, not at Liberty Park, but at our old elementary school. Yeah, I've seen that too. And like, I remember watching it for so long to be like, is it the wind? Because we're like, it's not windy. And there was one that was still. Yeah. And then there was one that was like swinging and there was no one around that was swinging on it. Oh, it was so creepy. That is so creepy. But so fascinating. I know. I feel like that has to be playful because like what demon is going to swing on the swings <laughs> you know you know they gotta enjoy something <laughs> that's true <laughs> maybe that's the only joy they're allowed yeah they're like oh man this shift really sucks hey but there's <laughs> swings <laughs> yeah i'm supposed to be haunting this elementary school and you know it's just like ugh. it's so, so mundane like kids screams here and there it's just not doing it for me anymore exactly they seem to really like it (laughs) yeah right (laughs) so another commenter named uh aaron s said that it was er so that back in 1989 or 1990 um he was at the park when he experienced some sort of entity that when it was provoked it made a sound that that he said it's it sounded as if it summoned every bird in the aviary to cry out all at once that would be so scary wouldn't that be scary like (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's like a big demon (laughs) like that's enough to scare the wits out of you oh yeah my wits would be gone (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) uh another commenter named riley a said quote i used to work at tracy aviary there were these events every once in a while. One of the weddings I got out at like two in the morning. When I was taking out the trash, I thought I saw someone. I thought someone was watching me from inside the park. I had to go my and do my rounds again before locking up, but no one was there. It honestly could have been just all the birds, but I never felt something like that so strongly except for that one time. Oh, scary. Was he by himself? Sounds like he was by himself. Yeah. By himself. Like oh, no one was around, but he felt like no. he was being watched. I would never be anywhere in Salt Lake by myself. <laughs> no. no. Never. <laughs> nope. Not even, like, parked in my car with, like, the doors locked. No, I will not. No. No, I won't. I won't be caught alive <laughs> in downtown Salt Lake <laughs> by myself. Late I went night. to school at downtown Salt Lake for a little bit. Uh-huh. And f- for QA. And, like... <clears throat> a couple times I took the tracks, but mostly I had Josh come and get me or like yeah. whatever. Cause I, yeah. or I parked like right where I could like walk directly to and I could see people I knew. But mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I hated that. Hated mm-hmm. it so much. Yeah. I don't like I downtown swear, Salt Lake. I think all. downtown Salt Lake has to be some, like its own portal to hell, right? I think like, so. I bet every block is haunted because. A lot of my stories are in downtown Salt Lake. And I'm like, I feel like I'm going to cover. I'm going to eventually get I'm going to cover the entire thing. Every square inch of that stupid city. Ugh. Yeah. I, I want to make a map and like put a little star at every location to see how <laughs> yeah. much. How many of them Crazy. are in Salt Lake. Oh my gosh. Yeah it's, yeah. it's bad. Yep. Well, that's the end of my story. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that is so, the birds all crying at once, I think, freaks me out. Like, that right. would, 
I think I would have a hard time going back. Because I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because it reminds me of that movie Birds. Like, what if he, like, if it was an entity, like, what if, what if demons could, like, conjure up animals, like, all at once, you know, like herds at a time or like flocks at a time? And, like, what if all those birds crying at once was his way of being, like, like summoning them to then, like, attack volley attack yeah so are you saying that birds are demons they might be i mean have you ever been attacked by a goose uh i've been chased by one yeah i've been the astro lot at the astro parking lot in south (laughs) jordan there's that that little the jordan river right there where the geese like to hang out yeah and I remember one time I was like, oh, cute. Here, here's some fries. And I'll start throwing some fries for the geese. <laughs> and they started chasing me. Wow. So I th- they probably just wanted the rest of the fries. But, <laughs> excuse me. Bless you. I got chased and hissed at by some freaking bitch ass geese at, the yeah. old, at my old job. Because I had a little pond. Mm-hmm. I hated them so much. Were you trying to feed them? No, I was just walking past. It is because I wasn't feeding them. Yeah, uh, probably. I got, I got too close in their bubble and they were upset and I was about to die. <laughs> 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 hey, but that seems like it was a, a good tactic. If you don't want somebody in your bubble, just hiss at them. Okay. Yeah. Good story, dude. Thank, thank you. I don't know if I'll be going there anytime soon. Maybe if I don't want to go to the Tracy. Circle. You'll be at the drum circle. I'll be at the Tracy Aviary learning about wine, being classy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll just like run out over to somebody and like, give me your sticks. And they're like, <laughs> that's not what this is about. So like, no one invited you. Like, get away. To this open event. <laughs> like, you are banned. You're the uh, only person that's not invited. Yeah. Mostly just because I, you know, don't know anything about drums. I just want to hear it. Yeah. Feel it in my soul. I well, we it. should go. We should go. We should go like undercover, though. Yeah. Don't look like we're there on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And go, we should go like dressed as what we assume drum circle people <laughs> dress like and see if we're close. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good experiment. And then we'll dress, we'll go to the wine thing and dress how we think people will dress for that. We're like in cocktail dresses and everyone's just like in jeans. We're just like, yeah, that's not what we wear to this. We take notes and taking it like super seriously. Yeah. And we're just like, and then we're like, like at your, like at a winery and you're like stirring it and you smell it and you're like, is this 2015? yeah grapes (laughs) oh man have you ice cubes (laughs) (laughs) we would just put a little sprite (laughs) we would be like the unclassiest classiest people yeah we're like all decked out and then we're like i know nothing about wine actually (laughs) yeah oh okay are you ready we should we should write you know, for 2023, we should write like a, a bucket list of all the things of all the places we want to go visit based off our stories. And, yeah. It'd be fun. So 
real quick, I got a lot of my information from some YouTube videos and podcasts. Um, one called Murder with My Husband. I don't know if you've seen their billboards in Utah County. Mm-hmm. But Murder with My Husband is a podcast with a wife who loves true crime and a husband who hates it. And so okay. he, he like kind of reacts to stuff. She tells him a story and he like hates every second of it. And, <laughs> okay. Um, and then also Unseen, who did a great job compiling information with videos, 911 calls and stuff like that, which I think is always nice to see when you're doing it. A true or when you're like interested in a true crime story, I like to like understand things. Like they had body cams from officers and and stuff like that, and I just think it like makes it more real. Instead, where of do you find it, all that? YouTube. Oh, I mean, YouTube. I mean okay. this this uh channel called Unseen. Um, I'm sure they got like permissions and stuff to use all that so mm, okay um i don't know i don't know how that works maybe i'll have to <laughs> i'm always interested like when they're like oh the police released this body cam footage i'm like released it where i know where do you get that like do you just have a subscription to like files of yeah crimes and you just get so it's like how fun would that be <laughs> like just be like sitting on the toilet i'm like i'm just gonna browse body cam footage <laughs> you know? right like well, just for like leisure time. <laughs> they also have like like interviews from the um like police and stuff, like interviews with suspects and stuff. I'm huh. like, where do they get that from? Yeah. Like when they say right. like it's you know, like unsealed evidence or whatever, like how do they get access to that? Like, do they have to request get- it from the city or yeah. something? And then, and then they get a copy and then they're posting it? I don't know. I'll have to look into it. I'll, I'll learn how to be good at this. Okay. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> you're like, that'd be nice. <laughs> okay. No. Um, no, that's not what I meant. Okay. So let's begin. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, it was almost midnight on July 23rd, 2013 in Davis County, when Tiffany Mead, a 22-year-old mom, calmly called 911. She told the dispatcher that she was in front of Davis High School, and she said, quote, I tried to commit suicide. My neck is bleeding. I need help quick. She said <laughs> her husband and her two-year-old son were with her in the car. Which sounds weird, because you're like, then why are you calling 911, right? Yeah, and also, like, how, how did they let you do that? Right. How did he, how did your husband let you do that? Right. And like, yeah, why why it, are you, and if you're in the car, why aren't you just driving why isn't your husband just driving you to the hospital? Right. Yeah. Lots of big question marks already, right? Okay. Got it. <clears throat> and also I have to say I tried really hard for the Christmas episode to have it be a happy story. But when you're talking about true crime, sorry, it all sucks. So, it all sucks. Yeah, and my mom or our mom was like, "Uh, you could try to find like a story of giving, like a mystery, and people were giving, and they didn't know who it was." And I was like, <laughs> "I don't know how to even search for that." <laughs> so, <laughs> I literally googled. I was like, "Christmas miracles," <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> Christmas giving 
on Christmas. <laughs> and, <you talk. laughs> and I was like, and nothing. I was like, that's it doesn't exist. Um. Oh. Anyway, I tried, but here we are. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So she calls nine one one and she says my neck is bleeding. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then the dispatcher dispatcher asks to speak with her husband because her husband's in the car. And yeah. so her husband, Chris, gets on the phone and the dispatcher asks if they have anything to apply pressure. And he says really like kind of annoyed. He was like, and I have I have the record or I was listening to the recording of the 911 call. So like I could tell his tone. He was kind of annoyed. He's like, well, I've got my shirt. And she's like, the dispatcher was like, well, we have to do something. Yeah. So like. Take your shirt if that's off. all you got that's all you got <laughs> right and then the dispatcher asked him are you applying pressure and he said yeah she's got her hand on her throat like he's being such a lazy ass if he's trying to actually save her life you know yeah um so after a few minutes the police arrive with their med kit and when they approach the car they're immediately thinking that she's not gonna survive this because her throat is cut um wow Tiffany was shaking and panicking. There was blood everywhere. Um, a police officer lo- took Chris aside to ask him some questions as ambulance is helping Tiffany. Their mm-hmm. two-year-old son who's in the back of the car, he <clears throat> he's crying, right? Like, it's whatever is going on, he's panicking, he's crying, and he's unsure yeah. where his parents are, whatever. So one of the firemen went to go get him out of out of the car and tiffany was worried that they were going to give noah the two-year-old son to chris the husband and she yelled quote don't let him take my baby he's the one who did this i didn't do this oh yeah what yeah so a police officer took chris aside oh sorry sorry yeah erase okay (laughs) okay (laughs) the police officer knew something was off when they got there Like, right when they arrived, they knew. They're like, okay, there's something off. Because, like, how? They're not, uh, like, there's not, there's not the frantic help being asked. Like, yeah. And so after Tiffany changed her story and told them, hold on, my husband did this to me, they took Chris into custody to get to the bottom of it. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Upon initial investigation, detectives did notice that the car was covered in blood on the inside and the outside. So it seemed kind of like she could have been injured on the outside of the car and then moved to the inside of the car, which is how blood got on both inside and outside. Okay. Yeah. Um, during questions or questioning with the detectives, Chris told them that Tiffany tried to commit suicide and he was trying to help her. And he says, quote, I didn't exactly help her out, but I did insist assist in saving her. What does that mean? I don't know. Because, like, she she was holding her throat. Yeah, and, like, literally, what did you do? Yeah, all he did was allow her to call 911. Like, I don't know. Wait, um, what did he say again? He said, quote, I didn't exactly help her out. I assisted in saving her. You know what that makes me think? Huh. That he's telling the truth without without saying what he did. Yeah, that's how because I read it too. That that wording makes me think like I didn't actually help her out, meaning like I did it, but I assisted in saving her, meaning like I gave her my phone to call or like like I was there 
Yeah. You know, like, I, I, like you said, like, I let her call 911. Yeah. Like, like I, I let her live, you know? So he's, like, not lying, but he's, whatever, taking yeah. credit for the little tiniest thing he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he said that Tiffany had a history in suicidal thoughts and she wasn't, or, and he wasn't sure how it happened. She just suddenly slit her own throat. And detectives mm-hmm. knew this wasn't right. An officer said, quote, people don't commit suicide that way, especially for a mother to do it in front of her child. Right. Um, and Chris kept saying in the interview or the questioning, whatever interrogation, he said, I love her. I wouldn't or I wouldn't try to save her if I didn't love her. What? It's like you didn't try to save her. You just said I didn't exactly help her out. And not only that, but like if it was a stranger, does that mean that you would just not help her out you know what I mean? but also he could have taken her to the hospital yeah like he could have done more and he didn't or he like have... think about think about this if her if her throat is gashed open sorry if that's super awful to think about but that and then she's talking yeah like what you think that like someone who has that kind of injury whether it be self-inflicted an accident on purpose whatever it be yeah don't you think you'd want them to stop talking yeah like apply pressure right like stop talking apply pressure and stay calm yeah but he's like not doing that wow so during the interrogation tiffany was in surgery um she was trying or the the surgeons were trying to repair the injuries the best that they could um luckily she didn't damage her trachea too bad which is how she was able to talk um the next morning, Tiffany is in recovery and she's ready to talk to the police. Lieutenant Jen Daly was assigned to Tiffany's case and went to the hospital to see if she could figure out what happened. Tiffany tells her, quote, he told me if I wanted to get my child support check, I would have to meet him. So I think they were estranged um, okay. and stressed to her that she had to come alone. Um, but he, she did say, hey, I have to bring Noah with me because young mom, you have to bring your kids. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so Chris tells her to meet up at this park about a mile away from Davis High School. And it's kind of secluded and not a, like highly trafficked park. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. pretty quiet. And so she said she got out of the car. And he started walking toward her with a look that she said she had seen in his eyes before. She started backing up around the car and he continued walking toward her. Then he grabs her in a bear hug. He's And since he's considerably bigger than she is, she couldn't get away. She begged him to let go of her and said that she was scared and told him that Noah was in the car and could hear and see everything that was happening. So like trying to say like, bring him back to reality like your kids right there don't do this check yourself yeah right and he put his hand on her mouth and with the other hand he reached into his pocket and pulled out a knife he looked her in the eyes and slit her throat (sighs) as he slit her throat he whispered shh don't scream yeah oh my gosh yeah so tiffany tries to grab her throat with her hand and he holds it down he spent a couple minutes letting her lose blood and just watched it. He just watched the blood come out of her. Oh, my. And she said that she told him that she was starting to get dizzy. So he let her sit in the driver's seat of the car. 
um, which is how blood got on the inside and outside. <coughs> okay. Got he it. told her the only way he would allow her to get help is if she would get back together with him and drop the divorce. So she told him that she would. And she said that she loved him because she was just wow. trying to get him to let her get help. Yeah. And so Chris kissed her and told and then told her that they have to get rid of the knife. So he got in the passenger seat and told her to start driving. As she's driving, she's holding the steering wheel and holding her throat. Oh and my he's gosh. having her drive. With wow. their two-year-old in the back seat. Like I hate this guy. Can I, I say know. it now? I hate him. I hate I him. I hate him. Oh, you're gonna hate him even more. Like just wait. So, um, <clears throat> her main concern at this point is trying to get Noah to safety because she's like, um, I'm injured and I'm driving and I, but I want to make sure he's in a safe place. But she ended up having to stop in front of Davis High School and he said, okay, we need to come up with a story. And because, like, because he knew that she was taking antidepressants, he told her to say that she tried to kill herself. And she was waiting and sorry. So he told her to say that she was trying to kill herself because it would make sense with like the medication she was taking. Mm -hmm. And um, so when police got there, she was looking for an opportunity for there to be distance between her and Chris um, so that she could tell someone what really happened that she didn't try to kill herself. Right. Okay. Wow. She tells Lieutenant Daly all of this in her hospital room. And Lieutenant Daly asks if there's anything else that she needs to know. And Tiffany said, quote, just that he's a very violent person. And if he's done this once, he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. So she's like, if he is ever near me again, he's going to try to kill me again. Like, I know. Yeah, he's going to finish the job. <clears throat> yeah. Guaranteed. So Tiffany and Chris had met online. So just a little backstory about them. They met online. Um, He was sweet and kind, and they ended up getting married in November 2009. Shortly after they were married, Chris deployed to Iraq. And after that, she said she noticed a change in his personality, and he was no longer the same person that she married. So I think Mm. she, she, whatever he experienced there either could have brought more violence out of him or could have kind of <clears throat> I don't know <clears throat> like he could have had like a violent awakening like he enjoyed mm-hmm. it or it could be a mental health of what issue of what he experienced right Iraq. so right you don't really know what what where that trigger came from because he could have been a bad guy and had this nice sweet personality Mm-hmm. and then couldn't cover it up forever you know yeah we don't right. know Dumb. um so lieutenant lieutenant daly is determined to find out or find evidence that proves tiffany's story um mm-hmm. they need hard evidence to bring to chris's trial so that he doesn't get out and try to kill her again so yeah. they searched about a mile radius from the park that they were at initially but they never end up finding the knife. They did find kind of like a, a pile of blood or a pool of blood at the mm-hmm. park, but then did not find the knife ever. Okay. Which is really what they needed to take to his trial. Lieutenant Daly is concerned for Tiffany's safety at that point. If Chris ever gets out, 
Um, so she takes it upon herself to start listening to Chris's calls he makes from jail. Um, okay. She's hoping that he confesses to someone or gives her something to go on. To, maybe he says where the knife is or maybe he said like changes his story a little bit that gives her a little clue right so she's yeah listening to hours upon hours of uh phone calls and um she you know she notes uh that the recorded phone calls includes like chris's parents telling him not to say anything not to talk about what happened and like to stay quiet and i'm like Mm-hmm. You probably are telling your child that, but, like, if you know that he did this, like, why? Yeah. Why not say, why did you do that? Yeah. Instead of saying, don't say anything. I don't trust the police. Don't say anything. Right. It's like, why not try to find the justice where it needs to be served? You not, know? Yeah. Not, oh, my violent son did this to his wife and to the, you know, father or to the daughter do- or mother of my grandchildren. Like, I don't know. Like, I I would hope that I would be like, nope, you did this. You get to get the consequences. But I feel Mm -hmm. like your parent instincts tell you like, oh, I got to protect you. (laughs) Even, you know, um, that's just a tough spot. But okay. So After months of listening to his phone calls, Lieutenant Daly didn't hear anything useful. She felt as though she was failing Tiffany and his trial was coming up quick. So, because they, from the date of his arrest, it's about a year before he can get a trial. So, yeah, so he'll be, I think his trial was in June of 2014, I think. Hmm. Um, Because the, yeah. So, So she's like, okay, I only have a year to find what I need. And so um, then she hears this phone call that gets her attention. Uh, Chris told a friend, quote, write this name down, Raymond. And then they bleep out the last name. Mm -hmm. And he said, Facebook him and tell him I'm in here. And she's like, that's kind of weird. She's like, I've never really heard him talk about his friends or talk about like contacting someone before. So, like, why does he want to contact him and tell right. him that he's in there? So, she's like, this is something. So, on a post-it note, she writes down the name Raymond. And yeah. um, then she goes to her sergeant and she's like, hey, help me find this person. Mm-hmm. And um, they find out that this Raymond guy had spent time in the same cell as Chris did, but he was recently released. So. Okay. They're like, this might be something. So we're just going to yeah. watch it. So, or we're going to we're gonna reach out to Raymond and try to talk to him, right? So okay. Lieutenant Daly reaches out to Raymond's patrol officer. Or parole. <laughs> patrol officer. <laughs> <laughs> parole officer. And sets up a meeting. And they talk to Raymond and ask him, do you remember serving time with Carl? Or Carl. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, Carl. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> the llamas. Oh, sorry. The early days of YouTube. Anyways. Yeah. So they talked to Raymond and asked, do you remember serving time with Chris? And he says, yeah. And then the d- investigators say, did he ever talk about what happened with his wife? And Raymond says, yeah. And they're like, can you tell us about that? <laughs> and he said, what happened in jail stays in jail. 
And no. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, he's probably thinking snitches get stitches. And they're oh, like, yeah. we will give you stitches. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> listen, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, Lieutenant Daly told him now's the time to do what's right. Like, come on, just tell us what happened. And Raymond tells him, tells them, quote, there wasn't a lot of details, but he was the one who tried to cut her throat. And they're like, oh, this is big. This is something we can use, right? Like, we've got to. Yeah. But it's not that much. Like, it's not <clears throat> enough to, like, really put him away, right? Right. So, because, like, trying to slip, like, trying to do it doesn't mean he did it, you know? Right. And it's also a so. third person saying, yeah, he told me this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but they need more, yeah. right? right? So they ask him. <clears throat> they just kind of had a, a feeling that they needed to like ask this question. He said, did he ever ask you to do anything to Tiffany when you got out? And he said, yeah, he really, just, yeah. He said, he just asked me if I had connections to arrange for bad things to happen to her. And Lieutenant Daly said, what bad things? And Raymond says to arrange her death whoa yeah so chris told raymond he would pay twenty five thousand dollars for someone to kill his wife what yeah why would somebody spend money on that i don't (laughs) know know what i mean why like he's spending thousands of dollars or is attempting to spend thousands of dollars to get his wife killed because she broke up with him yeah like with twenty five thousand dollars, you can go get yourself a new wife. <laughs> but I mean, like you could like pay for a whole <clears throat> new wedding with that. Lieutenant Daly immediately after this meeting with Raymond went to Tiffany's home and told her everything. Tiffany thought, "quote If I'm not safe while Chris is in jail, I'm never going to be safe again." Yeah. So they put extra pearl. Per- <laughs> they put extra patrols on her home and lieutenant daly told her if you ever are scared even if it's two o'clock in the morning i will come to your house myself mm-hmm. we love so lieutenant sweet. daly just so you know yeah she is top notch yeah um then they <clears throat> okay then they asked raymond if he would get on the phone with chris and try to get something recorded they're hoping to get a conf- confession recorded or it recorded that he wants to hire somebody like they need something concrete and recorded right yeah his mouth like they need it yeah so um so raymond calls chris and the interactions being recorded and he says hey remember that well he doesn't just call him on the phone i think it was like the i don't know I think he was, like, in the facility, but it was still over the phone. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So, uh, Raymond tells him, hey, do you remember that work you needed done? And Chris says, yeah. And Raymond says, dude, I've got, I've got a guy. And because he's trying to get him to say, like, okay, do it or, like, whatever. Yeah. And Chris tells him, I can't do it at this time. We've got to wait. Ugh. And they're like, dang it, that's not that we can't use that. 
right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So investigators are a little worried that Chris might be on to them. Like someone told him that like Raymond had talked to police or something. So as his trial is continuing to get closer, they need more proof. Like they need something more concrete. So another inmate came forward to the investigators and told them that Chris also confessed to him. And apparently, so, okay, so this guy's, like, a hard criminal. Like, he is, they call him a career criminal. He's not a good guy. So they're, like, like, he's lived in prison his entire life. Yeah, and he's, like, in bad, uh, bad crimes. Bad, bad, bad. So they're, like, not super sure if they should trust him, but they, like, Mm -hmm don't have many options so yeah hoping he's telling the truth right so in a uh, interview with this um <coughs> inmate um they say okay well why did he why did he try to cut her throat then and the inmate said well she left him he was rejected mm-hmm. and at that point i was like oh my gosh men <laughs> like, yeah right i know I know there are like both sides that go crazy when they're rejected, but I'm just like, your pride does not mean you should kill someone. Yeah. If they bruise your ego. Like, right. Sorry. So basically, he did all of this and continues to try to kill her from the prison system uh, mm-hmm. because he was rejected. And according to this inmate, Chris had also asked him to kill her because this guy has connections outside of prison mm-hmm. because he's runs with that crowd, right? I see. So yeah. the investigators, they don't trust this guy, but because he does have those connections where it could have mm-hmm. been a real request, they they yeah. have to use the opportunity and see if they can... Uh, use this inmate to get that so they set up an undercover cop to pose as a hitman brought by the inmate so like they're like okay "Okay." like act like you said you're bringing him and saying i know this guy this guy can do what you need and then Mm -hmm. use this undercover cop to like get the confession out of him okay or like to get the hit the request recorded yeah yeah so the informant inmate and the undercover cop are on the phone at the prison, right? So they mm-hmm. set this thing up to where they're going to have a conversation with each other as like, like, okay. So the inmate's saying, oh yeah, like I have this guy, he needs your services or whatever. And the, the yeah. undercover cop is like, okay, like, let me talk to him, you know? Yeah. And so um, the inmate <coughs> calls over to, a group of guys in the prison and it's all recorded like you can see it's really cool to watch anyways yeah you can see like him yelling and he's like hey where's chris and so chris walks over and just hands him a piece of paper and walks away and on the piece of paper is tiffany's home address Mm. and that's that's all they've given or that he that chris was communicating right so yeah the informant tells Chris that the hitman, or let's see, the informant tells Chris that the hitman that he was on the phone with 
is going mm-hmm. to take the address and he's going to go take some pictures of the home and the person that the hit is on and make sure that he has the right place in person. Mm-hmm. So then after this, this is so <laughs> scary. I know. This is so scary realizing that, like, this shit happens. Yeah, there are people in Utah that are hitmen. Yeah. And for the right price, they'll do what you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's like realizing that there's, like, secret agents that go and, like, assassinate. It's the spiders again. (laughs) It's the spiders that are 10 feet from you. Yeah. (laughs) There's just, like, murderers (laughs) everywhere. everywhere and then oh it's terrifying people willing to kill for literally nothing like isn't yeah okay so then after they have this like little setup conversation then the informant inmate guy he's like refusing to cooperate with investigators now and he's like well i will cooperate with you and i will do what you want me to do if you can reduce my sentence so he's no. <laughs> he's playing the system, right? Yeah. He's like, if I do what you want me to do, that I get something in return. It's like, hmm, no, you are a criminal, actually. Yeah. So, and one of the officers in this interview thing <clears throat> said, um, he in one of the videos on YouTube, he's like, he had a victim. And that victim needed justice. So we mm-hmm. didn't feel right about giving him any kind of deal. So what yeah. they did instead is before they were, or before this guy that like wasn't going to get any kind of deal from police, um, before he could ruin their operation and like go and tell Chris, like, hey, I've been talking to police. This is what they're doing. This guy's not real. Um, they ended up moving him to a different jail. And they're oh, just like, smart. yeah, completely removing him from the situation. Wow. And that, you know, that makes sense of like why inmates are seemingly randomly removed mm-hmm. and like, re- like moved around. And I wonder if it's because like certain people know too much about other people. Yeah. Or. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I know it was, it was interesting to me, too. I'm like, I wonder if that's why people get moved around so much. Yeah. Like the last story that guy he got moved mm-hmm. around all over the place because he was yeah. a butthole and he kept like <laughs> yeah causing issues and trying to get right like, whatever uh so yeah but, like it does make me wonder though like if they ever have like back pocket ideas for if they're like you know we need this inmate to help us out get information this way like if they have some some things like some cards to pull or like okay like we'll let you have these kinds of meals you know yeah. like we'll we'll get you kfc dinner for a month or yeah. something i bet they do something to yeah. like benefit them in some way yeah because um, i'm like i i don't i, I mean i don't know i, I might take this out your lights have been stuck in your hair forever. They really have been. And I can't, I keep like getting unstuck and then they keep getting restuck. And I'm just like, do I care? Do I care? No, it's just funny. It's just part time, of my hair. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> that's how it's been almost like. I know. This entire time. Hold you on. can just leave it. It was Hold funny. On. Oh, there you go. Wait. Oh, no. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but what was I going to say? Oh, I, don't know. I might take this part out. But okay. I feel like. 
that wouldn't hurt the justice. Yeah. Like if they were like, okay, like you were saying, you can get like, like whatever meal you want for once a month ever for the rest of your sentence yeah. or something like that. Like where something like, weird. Yeah. Where it's like, they do get something that they're missing and mm-hmm. that's like interesting to them. Or, you know, I, I wonder if they do have yeah. things like that, that they can use that they can easily get approval for from like higher ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but where it's not things- freedom, it's just sweetening the deal. You know, yeah, they're, they're just given like an extra privilege or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he was moved from the jail and there's, they're crossing their fingers that he hadn't spilled the beans on the operation already yeah. before he was moved. So, um, they're kind of hoping that they're still, okay to move on but they try anyway they're like but this is all we can really do so they send the undercover cop to meet with chris directly and they're like this is our last hope like we gotta cross our fingers that this works so the undercover cop shows chris the pictures he took and confirms with chris that it was a correct house and that (coughs) sorry a picture of tiffany was the right person that he wanted murdered and another side note that Tiffany um, was a part of this. So, like, she knew that they were taking those pictures. And she she said, it took everything I had not to not break down and just cry. Well, I, I assume that she has such bad trust issues at this point. Ugh, yeah. Like, just the PTSD of, like, who's coming after me? You know? Yeah. Like, can I sleep tonight with, with my lights turned off? Can I? I can only imagine the feeling that like he's asked multiple people. Like, what if he's? Yeah. What if he's paid multiple people and just whoever gets there first? Yeah. And like, like capture the flag, you know? Right. It's just like, okay, you can all keep the money, but whoever gets there first gets more or something. Yeah. Like, right. That's so scary to think that people could just do that. I just, well, I it also know. makes me wonder if there's any people out there that are like aspiring to be hitmen, you know, and like yeah. they practice or whatever. Okay, that's oof. <sighs> anyway. So they took or he confirmed he showed on the screen. He's like, is this the house? Is this the person? Yeah. And he said, yeah. And so the undercover cop, he was like, okay, so this guy that hired or told him about him, whatever, made the connection, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. inmate guy. Um, told me to make it happen right and he's trying to speak in code so he's like not giving it away because he mm-hmm. knows that he's but as a hitman he has to be secretive in the words he says so he's like just innuendos like yeah you know, trying to talk vaguely but get the right information so he's like yeah so he told me just to make it happen and chris said yeah just have fun yeah what yeah and the cop asked, the undercover cop asked, okay, well, when do you want to have it done? And Chris said, whenever you can, the sooner the better. <gasps> yeah. So the price that the cop gave him was $5,000. And Chris said, yep, just have fun. $5,000. $5,000. Just have fun? Yeah. Oh. $5,000 can get someone mm. killed. My gosh. Yeah. I know. Doesn't it just make you scared <laughs> to be out in the world? 
that like makes me really think about all the people that dislike me and i'm like you know they don't have that much <laughs> just laying around yeah. you're like at least right? my enemies are poor bitches <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know <laughs> yep <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like you have to be a certain kind of person though to just like kill someone over something so small of rejection or hurting yeah. your feelings or whatever right Ugh. anyway oh my gosh so now as this is happening lieutenant daly was watching the whole thing and she said quote i literally jumped out of my chair and i remembered yelling yes we got him yeah. So Tiffany said, um, or so Lieutenant Daly called Tiffany and she said, you don't have to be scared anymore. You don't have to worry anymore. He's going to be in there a, a hell of a lot longer than he was ever going to be off the original charge. So she's like, don't worry. Hallelujah. It's like, we are good. I know for a <laughs> fact that this is going to keep him in bars, right? But, so, though, keeping him in bars obviously isn't guaranteeing her safety. Right. It's, I mean, it's clearly not enough. But I wonder if he got um, less privileges on the phone. Mm. Um, or no Maybe. phone privileges yeah. because, because of what he was using the phone for, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so now he at this point is charged with two felony counts of criminal solicitation to commit aggravated murder and three felony counts of obstruction of justice. Um, Tiffany told Lieutenant Daly, thank you for saving my life. And during Chris's trial, he pled no contest and he was sentenced to five years to life. Five years. Yeah. Isn't that shit? Okay, so this is 2014, you said? Yeah, yeah. So he's barely done the minimum now. Right, right. So he did end up having, so so because he was five years to life, he would have, he would be eligible for parole in five years. In mm-hmm. 2016, he did have a parole hearing to see when he could be released. Like, so they do it early you know yeah um so he had a parole hearing in 2016 which tiffany spent five years preparing for not five years i my math sucks three years three. i don't know yeah um and asked or to two con- two years 14 to 16 yeah 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 two years two <laughs> um so she's preparing for it this whole time because lieutenant daly's like hey this is what's going to happen, a parole hearing. You can speak to the parole board and make your case and why he shouldn't be released and, like, trying to help her prepare for it. Yeah. And, and even though Lieutenant Daly at this point is doesn't have to work on this case anymore because she did the cop duty yeah. of investigating and all this stuff, she no longer has to be a part of the parole hearing. She doesn't have to be a part of much else at, after he's sentenced. Mm-hmm. So she out of her own time is helping tiffany prepare for this yeah so she's like you make sure this son of a bitch does not days. yeah yeah does yeah. not get out so um tiffany was able to tell the parole board during that parole hearing that she knows that chris would try again and just talks about the effects that the whole situation had on her and her kids and all that stuff and he was denied parole. 
luckily. Good. So Lieutenant Daly said, quote, as long as I am alive, I will continue to stand in a gap between Christopher Ertman and Tiffany Mead. Aw. <laughs> Isn't that so amazing? And yeah. Tiffany said, quote, I do think that Jen Daly is my guardian angel. That woman has moved mountains. That's so sweet. I know. Um, Lieutenant Daly promised to continue to support Tiffany at each parole hearing to fight to keep him between or between bars. <laughs> between them. <laughs> like a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just imagined him like squished in between bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> Lieutenant Daly promised. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lieutenant Daly promised to continue to support Tiffany. <laughs> i'm sorry at each parole hearing in the future to fight to keep him behind bars behind them (laughs) behind them not between them not between or in front (laughs) (laughs) to keep tiffany and her boys safe she told oxygen.com quote although i cannot speak at the parole hearings the fact that i'm in the building I hope is enough to show the parole board that this case is important, that a cop actually showed up to it. Because I guess they don't go to parole hearings. Mm, okay. I will never miss one. Even if I'm 90 and in a wheelchair or a walker, somebody will push me in that door. Oh, I know. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, Christopher Ertman will not have another chance of parole until 2029. And we mm. hope that he never makes parole. Yeah. Never, never is released from prison. Um, but today Tiffany is remarried and her little boys are happy and safe. Mm-hmm. She still fight fights and is a voice against domestic violence. Um, she's still, you can see the scar. Um, yeah. and she says she has a hard time looking in the mirror because it still reminds her of everything that happened. But she yeah. says, quote, I want women through my story to be able to realize that they can leave. Oh, yes. <sighs> so, absolutely. If you suspect domestic violence, call National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1 800 799 All calls are toll free and confidential. And yeah, so there is a episode of Oxygen's Murder for Hire that has like the whole story and interviews and 911 mm-hmm. calls and all that stuff. Um, but I used YouTube because I don't want to pay for oxygen. (laughs) So, right. (laughs) Um, so I will list in our, on our website, the YouTube places that I've used. And so you can, guys, all you guys can see all that stuff. But yeah, that's my story. Tiffany Mead survival story. You know what? That had at least a happy ending. Yeah. And I love I love that Lieutenant Daly and Tiffany kind of built a like an unbreakable bond bond over this. Like, yeah, she didn't have to go and like insert herself into it. Like, she didn't have to go and listen to his phone calls over and over again. She could have just said, Mm -hmm. like, like, oh, we'll just let the you know. The courts sorted out do its know. thing 
but like she went above and beyond and she found something so huge and like he would have had her murdered like she would have died she would have have. been killed one way or another if Mm -hmm. not for lieutenant daly and the fact that like tiffany you like you could see in her face that like she's just so grateful for like yeah help that for someone to reach out and help you know yeah because i'm sure women who are dealing with domestic violence Mm -hmm. i'm sure at some points maybe not all the time i don't know but like at some point i'm sure they're like will somebody just help me you know well because i can't i can't fight this by myself you know like if i could i would you know well and for too long women were looked at as oh she's just crazy oh she takes antidepressants that means she's not like sane Mm -hmm. no like take the information you have and look at the fact that this man has literally slit her throat Mm -hmm. he's mad that they're getting divorced Mm -hmm. like sorry but no okay well Wow, good research, man. Like, that's crazy. I I did that this morning. (laughs) No, that was... I wouldn't have even guessed. Hmm. You know what? I have a request if you can find it. You should find a Utah or international story of a hitman who got caught. I don't know know? if that's happened. Yeah, I don't know. I'll look. I mean, I can't, I'm sure the, at least one has slipped up, like didn't do the cleanest job or whatever. And then get like, caught. I wonder and then, if like uh, a very new criminal thought that he yeah. could be a hitman and he was an aspiring hitman and he yeah. messed up. That's what I'm wondering if that happens. That's why I'm like, you should see if you can find it where they're like, yeah, man, yeah. like 5,000 yeah. <laughs> and I got you good. And then like, it just. It, he gets caught like the next day <laughs> you yeah. know it's like uh you <clears throat> put your tracks all over the place and we just followed <laughs> them right to you exactly like you didn't check for the ring doorbell dude <laughs> yeah anyway that's my anyway. story it was it was i just was so happy to find one that ended in like strong women yeah they're together happy ending i'm glad that she didn't die because I was worried that you're gonna be like she made it for a few days, but then sadly, nope, she survived and she's <sighs> good. You know, living her life and being happy, and that's all we can ask for her. And all we can ask our freaking judicial system is to keep this idiot Chris behind bars forever mm-hmm. until someone kills him. Because and happens. don't give him the phone. <laughs> don't pass him the phone. Don't let him have the phone. He doesn't get any privileges. No. No. Or hey, have a cellmate because, like, apparently yeah. you can just hire your cellmates to do your dirty work outside <laughs> of prison. Right. Don't <laughs> let him have a phone. Don't let him have friends. No. Keep him locked in his cell. Yeah. I cannot believe that. I think it, it shocked me that there are people that have connections for hitmen. Yeah, like like you see it in like movies and whatever, and you're just like, yeah, okay. But then yeah. you realize that literally that just happened in Draper. Yeah. Wait, what? Draper, Draper, Utah. It happened there. That's where. What did? 
the story. Oh, at the prison? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, I thought this happened in Davis County. <laughs> but I see what you're saying. The yeah. whole sting operation <laughs> and everything. <laughs> well, I, I don't really actually know where that happened. I think I lied to you. I don't know exactly what jail he was in. Oh. Now he's in Draper, but I don't know where he was it when he was in jail. When he was in prison, prison. Mm. That's in Draper. I think he had his year in a regular county jail. So it must have been Davis oh. County. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I didn't care to research that apparently, the locations <laughs> of things, but that's all right. That's why I was confused. I'm like Draper, but I'm like, yeah, I guess the prison's there. But anyway, how did it feel going second? Um, I think where I ended with a survival story, it wasn't bad. But I think if I would have ended with like a sad, like devastating thing, <laughs> yeah. it would have been right. way, 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 way harder just because I feel like you never want to end these on a sad note. Yeah. You know? Not too sad. Not too sad. Right. So I feel like we get most of our like <clears throat> giggles out during the ghost stories. Yep. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yes, Merry um, Christmas. All right. Well, let's do our outro. Okay. <laughs> I think okay. we said Merry Christmas. I think we said it was episode 35. Yeah. Um uh, follow uh, us on social media and go to our website and all those things. But enjoy your Christmas day and yeah. Don't worry about us. Yeah. Just but listen tomorrow, to us when you have time, which yeah, you already have. <laughs> tomorrow, though, go to our website and order some stuff. <laughs> Just yes. Join our Patreon because you get mm-hmm. extra things. Right. Um, like another bonus episode coming out on January 1st. Yeah. April's going to be giving us an international true crime story. So, yep. yep check yep, that yep. out. I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm Okay, bye.